Ashley Brock Green, I am Palmer's book. Protector, Chapter 9. I don't like, I don't like that guy, <laughs> he said as they drove off the property. My dad? Manette asked, turned on her head briefly to meet Haynes' irritated eyes. No, his enforcer. Lassiter. Oh, I thought he was rather charming. She remarked, charming. Like a snake with a haircut. She burst out laughing. Hates? He said, well, maybe that's not the best description I could have come up with. But you get my meaning. He's very slick. Very smart, too, she said. And he's not the only one. She added when he looked even more irritated. Black holes, dark matter, vortex mathematics. I subscribe to science magazines. <laughs> Haynes confessed, I don't have a degree in physics, but I do love the subject. Well, that in quantum mechanics. Over my head, she marked, I'm more of a car mechanic sort of person. Not that I can do much more than check the oil and kick the tires. <laughs> That's about the size of it with me, too. But I can keep things running around the ranch. I just don't have time to do a lot of tinkering. I suppose your father's enforcer does have a little free time when he's not killing people and don't use mechanical skills. He added with stinging anger. You really don't like the guy. Why? He's black eyes. I don't like the way he looks at you. Manette actually jerked the wheel when the truck headed for the ditch, but she connected it. I was sorry. Hand slipped. She lied. It wasn't buying that. His eyes went, uh-huh. Uh-huh. She concentrated on getting to check the stoplight. She didn't look at Haynes. Her high collar might have revealed more to him than she wanted him to know. She was flattered that he minded how an attractive man looked at her. It was, well, sort of possessive. She liked it a lot. She didn't want to make her pleasure obvious. Do you have physical therapy today? She asked him. Tomorrow, he said. Oh, okay. I was going to offer to drive you. I think I should drive myself, he began. Dr. Coltrane said not until he tells you it's okay, she looked up. You don't want to do something to set back your progress. He grimaced. I guess not, he sighed and looked up. I'm getting cabin fever is all. You don't like having to stay in one room, she translated. It's a very nice cage with great food and company, he was like, but I miss Andy. Want to swing by and see him, she asked. It's on the way. He went, I'd love to if you don't mind. Not one bitch, pal. Do we need to go by your office and get your house key from Zach? No, I keep a spare hidden just in case. Good thinking. He's my, I try to plan for emergencies. <laughs> I noticed. She pulled up at his front porch and they both got out of the vehicle. Haynes went around the corner and came back with a key. Turned it in the lock and invited her to go in first. Hey, Andy. He called and he whistled. He comes when you whistle, Manette explained. Usually, I don't know. Andy, he exclaimed, as a huge scaly roommate came scrapping off out of the kitchen. Hey, buddy, he said enthusiastically. Haven't forgotten me yet. The big lizard blazed its eyes and shook its head enthusiastically. That's what they do when they like something. Or when they're courting. He explained helpful. Oh, I see. He really likes you. She teased him. Now, don't get too close. Just in case, he said, Annie has some problems with women. I've heard all about that, she agreed. The big reptile cocked his head as if it looked at Manette, but strangely, he didn't sack her. He just watched. Gosh, he's beautiful. She said her voice soft with feeling. I don't, I didn't realize they were quite so colorful. He's almost turquoise in places. He's my, they change color, well, just a bit, depending on a lot of factors. Heat, light, things like that. 
What does he eat? Fruits and veggies, he said. But he likes shredded carrots and spring salad mixed best. He reached down and picked up a huge reptile. And he put his foot, front foot on his shirt. No, no, old boy. Hayes laughed, turning him aside. No climbing today, I'm afraid. Let's see if you've got carrots. Put the lizard belly on his hand, carried him gently under his arm to the kitchen. I can't believe he let you pick him up, my dad explained. Tell you a secret, he said was grand. They're cold blooded. I'm warm. See the connection there. Yes, I do, but he's also blazing his eyes and shaking his head, she laughed. So I'm betting he likes you too. Put Andy down on the floor in the refrigerator. Bless Zach's heart. A whole tub of shredded carrots. He pulled up the fix and made Andy a nice iguana salad, placing it on the floor in a paper bowl. Last cleanup, he told her with a grin. Look at him eat. She lapped the big animal's nose. was completely buried in the bowl of salad. Next to it was a long, deep ceramic bowl of water. Hey. Hey's a big guy, so it takes a lot of feeding. Look here. He took her into the next room, which looked like a study, complete with a desk, except in one corner there was a dead tree on a stand of shelf next to it, and a heat lamp suspended over the shelf. On the shelf was a long, flat thing that looked like a rock, except that it plugged into the wall. This is where Andy lives. He's got a view. He indicated the window that the shelf gave access to, and a heat lamp, and even a heat rock. See, they're cold-blooded, so they have to have an outsource source of heat them up so they can digest food otherwise they get something called belly rot it's usually fatal gosh there's so much to learn she said you know it's sort of like the setup cag heart used to have for a snake except he kept the snake in an aquarium tried that and he and he just moped so I potty trained him and he has the run of the house he's just amazing he's moped you know how to make friends. She laughed. No, I'm not trying to flatter you. I really like you. She studied him quietly. He was so handsome. Haynes, why don't you have a female iguana? She asked her. The females tend to be more aggressive. He explained. Not all the time, but the ones I've encountered have been. This guy who owned a pet shop at a few years ago, Jakesville, had a female, a big one, about five feet long in a custom cage. Every time a man came near it, she'd whip the glass with her tail, dropping her doolop, and started hissing. Eventually, I think he got her, gave her to a breeder. He couldn't sell her. Goodness! That's the same with Annalise, a smaller, greener lizard. He laughed. The males are very docile and don't mind being handled. She burst like, are you very docile and don't mind being handled? She teased and she gasped a little red with embarrassment for saying such a poor thing. Gosh, sorry, I don't know where that came from. Moved toward her, took her gently by the waist, brought her closer. I'm not always docile, he was, but I don't mind being handled. Not at all. He, he bent his head and brushed her mouth with his. It was like starting a brush fire. Caught his breath, slammed her body against the length of his, his and his mouth became insistent and demanding all at once. Manette couldn't even protest the very intimate hold. She slid her arms under his and around him. Her hands flattened on his long, muscular back. She moved even closer, shivering a little as she felt him become immediately capable. He whispered something under his breast, but she didn't hear him. She was blind, deaf, dumb, desperate to keep his warm, hungry mouth on her lips. She moaned helplessly and stood on her tippy toes to get even closer to the source of all that incredible pleasure. His hands slid down her back, caught her up her thighs, grinding her against the hunger. that was almost bending him double with need. Oh, God, this was a mistake. He ground out against Manette. We have to stop right now. 
Okay, she kissed him harder. Listen, her mouth, well, damn it, he lifted her higher against him. Grown up because really hurt his shoulder, but something else was hurting him even more. Caught the back of her head, and his tongue went into her mouth, thrusting hard and deep. She thought she might pass out. The pleasure was so deep and throbbing and wild, she shivered against the powerful length of them. There was nothing in the world, nothing except pains and the silence in the room, and the intense, unbearable tension that was growing and growing and growing. The sudden sound of glass hitting the floor broke them apart. Hans looked up, and he was standing on the desk with his dewlap down. He he just used his long tail to knock the glass onto the floor. Now he whipped it again and knocked over a cup full of pencils. Are you sure he's a he? Minette asked breathlessly as she stared at the giant reptile. She was still plastered again, saying her body throbbing in time with her harpy. Well, no, he had to admit. It was hard to breathe. The talk with his body it was urging him to drag her to the nearest bed. The guy who sold him to me swore he'd been checked and neutered, and he was a male. That's why I named him Andy. She looked at me. Well, I think the guy who sold him to you lied. Haynes looked at the list. Andy. He asked aloud, and he knocked over a photo of Haynes' father with his tail. Slowly, very slowly, Haynes let my go, and his doodle-lot retreated. And his posture changed. He stood there, unchallenging, just staring at Haynes. Haynes looked down at Minette. I see problems ahead. You do? <laughs> he nodded. He was looking at her mouth. I don't want to tend to stop kissing you. She smiled dreamily. I'm so glad you said that because I like you very much. He nodded. He nodded again. He smiled. It does seem to be addictive. <laughs> she laughed. I'll have to learn to make a salad. Maybe Andy can get used to me. As a last alternative. I'll have him checked again by a vet. And if he's female, I'll get him a boyfriend. <laughs> what an alternative. He bent to her mouth. Let's tempt fate. One more time. <laughs> she opened her lips and kissed him back with unbridled hunger. He was absolutely delicious to kiss. Her mouth was firm and soft. His mouth was firm and soft and very expert. She didn't even want to know how he learned how to kiss that way. It was enough to know that he wanted her she wanted him very much everybody was telling him so crash they looked over toward the desk the telephone in its cradle had gone over the side and a doolap was and his doolap was down again either we moved to another room and locked lock the door or we give it up for now he said it was long i think it's probably a good idea to give it up i'm not really in any condition for what's supposed to come next she laughed again. She didn't want to say that she wasn't about to go that far with him unless they were in a committed relationship, but she didn't quite know how to put it. She had known by now that she had an old-fashioned hang-up, but she knew men could be devious after a long dry spell. From what she knew of Haynes, he hadn't had a special woman in his life for years. Being the sheriff of the county, it would be hard out a relationship from all the bright eyes. He released her slowly. She moved away and turned her attention back to Andy. He was calm again, his doolap relaxed, his eyes steady, his head cocked as he watched this human interact with the odd-looking thing with so much hair. Andy, Haynes said, drawing in deeper. Bad, listen, bad. Andy just stared at him. It can't reason with reptiles, Haynes went. It's his house, and you're his human, Benetta said. Or her house, maybe. A jealous iguana. He shook his head and grinned. Now I've seen everything. And that looked up at him, pure adoration. I like your big dangerous lizard all the same. He or she really is beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> 
He went to the desk and stroked Andy behind the ears along the narrow band of ray scales that ran all the way down his back. The ones along the end of his tail were as sharp as razor blades. Okay, pal. You get your way temporarily. Now, Andy, I want you to clean up this mess and make... And you made... Clean up this mess you made. Stop knocking stuff off my desk. Bad iguana. Andy Cox said, Bad chance, huh? He leaned over, picked up the landline phone, started to put it down when he noticed something. There was a scratch along the case of the phone. He looked at Manette, put his finger to his lips, pulled out an old, odd little tool from his desk drawer and opened the phone. There, embedded in the wiring, was a foreign object. Pursed his lips, unhooked the foreign object, and put the phone back together. With a laugh, put the little device on the floor and stomped on it violently. I hope your eardrums burst with that, he muttered as he picked up the thing. Damn, I probably should have saved it, given it to my investigator. <laughs> temper, temper, Manette said, wagging her finger. Curses, too. You're losing the hates, he glanced at her movie. Seems like it, yes. She moved left. Do you think it was El Rondo who put it there? I don't know. We better go. He's joking. You behave. I need anybody who comes in here who wasn't invited. Got it. Andy's eyes blinked. An attack iguana? Why not? He looks terrifying. Manette stared at the big lizard's mind. I think he's pretty. Suddenly, Andy dropped his doulet. Started shaking his head and blazing his eyes. Well, Andy explained. That doesn't look threatening at all. Do you think he'll let me pet him? I don't know. Can I try? She really wanted to make friends. Just be careful. His tail's like a whip. It can cut. Okay, she moved a little close. Sweet boy, she referred to the iguana. What a pretty baby you are. And he was still blazing his eyes. Very, very slowly, she moved her hand toward his head. He watched her. Then just as her hand reached toward his back, he arched and brought his tail up. Stared at her. Move back, he said. She did it once. She knew a threatening posture when she saw it. It's early days yet, he said. Wait until the iguana dropped the threatening posture before he picked him up gently and set him on his hot rock on the shelf. And he spread out once, Manette. Would you look at that, Mr. Leisure? He's grinned. He has moods, but you made a good start with him. I'll keep trying, she promised. He caught her hand in his and linked her fingers together. He'll get used to you. I know. They walked back out the door and locked it. Manette was worried by, by the listening device Hans had found. You should call somebody about that bug, she said when they were in the truck driving away from the ranch. I think you're right. I'll do that. When we get home, it made her feel warm all over the way he said that. It's as if the thought of her house that way. She smiled to herself. She glanced at him and worried. Thought nagged to the back of her mind. Haynes, you don't mind that my father turned out to be a notorious drug lord. She drove with her left hand. The right lay on the seat between them. Picked it up. Linked her fingers with his. You can't choose your relatives, Haynes said. Your father supplied the drugs that killed my brother, but he didn't intend to kill Bobby. Intent is everything in law. I don't approve of the way he makes his living. He finds out on he facing an addiction of people. It's not a good thing, but it isn't as if he held a gun to my brother's head and forced him into overdosing during a long breath. I've thought a lot about what he said about guilt. I don't think you're right. It's like a sole survivor of a plane crash or train to del derailment, feeling guilty that he lived when so many others died. But God does have a hand in what happens to us, and I think there's purpose behind every single bad thing that occurs. 
I must be contagious, she used. Not so much. My father was religious. He took me to church every Sunday when I was a boy. When I got into my teens, I didn't want to go, and he didn't force me. But I've got the foundation, you see. When things go wrong in my life, when bad things happen, I have the that bedrock of faith to hold on to. Gets me through daily disasters. She nodded and glanced at her. She nodded and glanced at her. Actually... We're both in businesses that see the very worst of humanity. But even in that darkness, there's occasionally soft light burning. <laughs> I guess, you do I just hate the coldness in our society. The meanness. The lack of respect. It's not taught anymore, he said. Maybe information overload is the problem. You know, you can't even watch a television program now. They flash ads for upcoming shows right on the screen during the show. So you can't concentrate on what you're trying to watch. The whole world is going to have some form of attention deficit disorder, and everybody will wonder why. <laughs> Too true, I guess. I'm guilty of the texting thing. Not when I drive, she pointed out for me. That's insane to try to type while driving. But it's easy to send in Sarah a text if I'm going to be late or I, if I have to make a stop. She's not always near here. Her phone, but she checks her messages constantly. Hey, there's a thing called voicemail, he said humorously. She made a face. I can't figure out how to set it up, so I just text. I can teach you. She smiled. Okay. He laughed and squeezed her fingers. Thanksgiving was a righteous affair. The kids were out of school and Sarah Manette spent the whole television Christmas parade cooking. You know, I've never seen this parade. Marette, Marette commented, standing in the doorway in an apron with a spoon on in her hand. I'm always cooking. Have the Rockettes performed yet? Ten minutes ago, sorry. He said he grinned. He was sitting in the big armchair with a lap full of children. He had Shane on one side, Julie on the other. He looked like he won the lottery. But it smiled at them warmly. Her family, her brother, sister, and her. She wasn't sure what Ains was, but he belonged to her. She knew that. What are you cooking? Everything, she chuckled. And I better get back in before I burn up the sweet potato casserole that's in the oven. All of us here appreciate your efforts, he said. Furthermore, will you say that I'm not contributing to the workload? They also serve who only stand and wait, or some such thing. Sit and wait, maybe. He's out sitting some snow white teeth. But now the way you look, in jeans and boots and a red plaid flannel shirt, you look elegant even so. She was wearing jeans, too, with a bright red pullover shirt. That reindeer trying to push an overweight Santa onto a root. It was hidden under the holy, holy mistletoe apron she was wearing. Okay, I agree that you're contributing, but let me know when Santa Claus comes. I never miss that. We'll come and get you, Manette, Julie promised. Cross my heart, and she did cross it and grin. Manette laughed on her way back to the kitchen. Short time later, the summons came. Santa Claus, Julie called from the door. Santa Claus is on TV. On my way, Manette said. She put down the knife she'd been using to slice turkey, covered the turkey in aluminum foil, and rushed into the living room. Oh, it's Santa, Shane explained. Got out of the chair, joined Julie on the floor, as close to the television screen as they could get. Which was very close because it was on a raised black entertainment center. Manette la laughed, wiping her hands on a wet paper towel. The star of the parade, she moves. You've been on your feet all morning. Haines said with a wigger in. Time to sit down, honey. While she was digesting that, he reached out and tugged her gently down onto his lap. He grimaced. His shoulder was still sore. Shifted her so that she was laying against his good one. She almost melted into him. She felt safe and secure with all that warm strength so close to her. She leaned her head against his chin and watched television, feeling warm and tingly all over. Haynes contracted his good arm. I took a deep breath. You smell like turkey and cranberry sauce. 
Careful that I don't take a bite out of you. I'm hungry. The others thought he was talking about food, and they laughed. But then Manette looked up into his eyes to do that he wasn't. His hand slid up and down along her side, just barely brushing the outside of her breast. It was very stimulating, and voluntarily she leaned toward him, just a little, tipping that exploring hand closer. Manette, do you want me to put the turkey on a platter? And Sarah called from the kitchen. Manette gasped and sat up on Anne's lap. She looked toward the kitchen, but her aunt was nowhere in sight. No, I'll, I'll do that. Be right there. And Sarah looked out the door, caught her breath, and died laughing. Sorry. Sorry. She chuckled and vanished back into the kitchen. Caught Anne's whispered in Manette's ear and kissed it. She laughed so cautiously, sort of. Yes, she sighed as she looked down into his hands and face. I have to go. She said, I'm devastated. Are you really? Really. She sighed again in her smart way. I have to go, she repeated. You said that, he cocked said. Well, have a nice trip. She burst out laughing as she got to her feet. Her hands was green and grinning. Gosh, Manette, you're all right. Are you sick? Julie asked suddenly. Manette cleared up the kitchen. It's hot in there, she explained. Oh, okay. Look at Santa's reindeer, she explained. Manette, does Santa have real-life reindeer where he lives? Of course he does, sweetness, Manette replied. And can they fly, he persisted. That's what we're told, she replied. This boy kindergarten says there's there's in Santa Claus. He says it's all phony. Julie muttered. Manette got down on money. Well, you tell him that in this house, there is a Santa Claus, and he's bringing you all sorts of presents on Christmas morning. Julie beamed. Okay. Manette got to her feet and glanced at Hainsworth around. I get so tired of people who think they need to force their opinions on the rest of the populace. Tell me about it, Hainz said. I'm going to finish covering the turkey, she said darkly. Now listen, you be careful with that knife. He cautioned. She made a face. I'm only going to vent my frustrations. Remember, the turkey is deceased, she reminded him. I remember. He gave her a music. Just watch where you cut, okay? His expression saw. I don't want you to hurt yourself. She almost melted on the floor. You know? Of course I don't. What a question. She smiled suddenly. I'll be careful. You did that. She went back into the kitchen, warm all over. End of chapter 9.